This is Arab Talk on KPOO San Francisco, 89.5 FM. This is Arab Talk with Justin Jamal. I'm Jessica Nam. And this is Jamal Dejani. And we are very fortunate to have in studio with us uh, Professor Rabab Abdulhadi, co-founder and director of the Ahmed Program at San Francisco State. In addition, one of the foremost international scholars on intersectional analyses and uh, gender analyses in Palestine. But our top news item today, Jamal, that we're hoping to speak with Professor Abdulhadi about Obviously, uh, I shouldn't say obviously, because there are many things we're going to cover today as usual. But what I'd like to put out first is the discussion of the Israeli election. Um, It seems like the Israeli elections, which have been historically fundamentally based on racism and uh, racist exclusionary practices, have— Well, it hit a pinnacle this this year. Well, I was going to say the pinnacle has been increased, and they seem to be taking— a page out of the Trump playbook. So why don't you give our listeners kind of an update on a summary, and then we're going to just go for the big discussion. Well, you know, uh, we're going to be talking about how Benjamin Netanyahu is uh, embracing uh, the racist Kahana followers. And for those uh, who are listening or watching us uh, on on Facebook, uh, you know, racist extremist Kahanism did not die with the racist extremist rabbi, Meir Kahana, who gave this ideology, basically, this is its name. His disciples and admirers mm-hmm. uh, still live, you know, and, and in fact, they left behind the party, uh, Kahana, Chai, and other, other mm-hmm. different followers. So, uh, but they were responsible for one of the biggest massacres of Palestinian civilians. Yeah, I mean, you know, just a little bit of uh, background. 1984, Meir Kahana managed to get elected to the Knesset with his Kach party. And, uh, of course, uh, he died, then his followers remained behind. And now, because uh, Benjamin Netanyahu is finding himself challenged for in, during the upcoming elections and this is not the first time because remember Benjamin Netanyahu he also em, em, embraced who else right his foreign minister Avigdor Lieberman, Avigdor Lieberman the settler uh, who basically advocates the transfer of Palestinians to to Jordan I, I, I should say the settler from Moldavia so now, Avigdor Lieberman, Lieberman who, who left, left the coalition, the right. so now he's replacing him with all these kahanes or racist kahanes, you know, uh, to face, face up against uh, But Jamal, you should, you, you should tell our listeners about the kahanes ideology about pal- historic Palestine. I mean, yes, it's a racist, exclusionary kind of vision of historic Palestine— but they, they, they are not only illegal colonial settlers, but they advocate, I mean, murderous techniques against indigenous Palestinians in Palestine and have done so for decades. They are known for their active militaristic engagement against Palestinian civilians on a regular basis. And now they're, they're, they're part of the government. Or trying to be part of the well. Government. Also, remember. Also, even within the Israeli politics, uh, the Kahana former party uh, political po- party Kach. Kach was banned from Israeli elections for racism in 1988. So even though he joined the Knesset even in 1984, to ultra right racism. Exactly, it, it yeah. was mm-hmm. banned in 1988. And it was in, then banned entirely under anti-terrorism laws. This is Israeli laws in 1994. Yes. Kah and another Kahanist group, Kahana Chai, mm-hmm. which means Kahana, Kahana lives, lives yeah. you know, mm-hmm. are currently designated 
foreign, uh, foreign terror organizations by the U.S. State Department. Yes, and, and part of it is because they were involved in the murder of Alex Ode, right. the, uh, the West Coast uh, director of the Arab American Anti-Discrimination Committee, because he got on TV and said Palestinians should have human rights, and they placed a pipe bomb in his uh, office. So when he turned the office, it blew up and it killed him, leaving a wife and two children. And uh, the even the, the U.S. Um, State Department. State, no, not only State Department, also even the FBI. FBI, right. Have asked for the people who were in, engaged in that to be the, um, extradited from Israel. Israel refuses. So they're they actually refuse. still living in Israel. There is a lot of information. People continue. ADC continues to talk about it every single year about what's happening with Alex Ode. The justice has not been uh, justice has been denied in the case of Alex Ode. There is no justice for his family or for Arab Americans or for Palestinian Americans. So they are still around. And uh, and after Trump was elected, Kah uh, actually uh, resurfaced. Je Jewish Defense League resurfaced. They had celebrations in Brooklyn celebrating uh, Trump getting elected. And it was actually reported in the New York Times, by the way. And then also uh, they are involved in multiple things, which I'm sure you, you want to get to into this case, including the whole San Francisco collection and the connection with the San Francisco fa uh, uh, Jewish Federation right. and the, the recent... Uh, but, but well, the basically, is, just, anyway, yes, just yes, in yes. short, you know, Meir Kahana was an American-born Israeli rabbi. From Brooklyn. Uh, from, from Brooklyn. Who advocated that all Jews move to Israel and completely, this is from his own mm. language, his own words. displace Palestinians or the Arab population as he referred to Palestinians, right? So Kahana openly advocated militant uh, reaction to anti-Semitism. Mm -hmm. He labeled, we're seeing the same thing now, so anytime yeah. you well, criticize that's, Israel, that's why we want to talk about reaction you're, to anti-Semitism. No, no, I think we needed to dissociate. Well, well, this is against anti-Semitism as these fake false attempts to actually discredit Palestinian justice for Palestine exactly. by labeling anti-Semitism. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. so now, you know, they've been kind of like pushed to the far right or to the fringes of uh, Israeli politics, even though, by the way, that they've been as members very active because you told you asked me who, who do they represent where they are the nastiest of settlers especially in the hebron area yeah. right uh, you know in all these settlements most of these attacks including the burning of uh, you know the palestinian child at the babshi yeah. and mm -hmm. others attacks on palestinian farmers attacks on school children in hebron no, these are the mm -hmm. they mm -hmm. are all his yeah. followers right right yeah. Yeah. These the are the same followers that they are basically, uh, you know, put on a pedestal, uh, uh, the uh, the murder, murderer, terrorist, Baruch Goldstein, yes. who massacred Palestinian worshippers at Al Ibrahimi Mosque. Yeah. So they are from the same group. And now comes Netanyahu because... It was 1994 in February, actually. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. So here is the difference. So Netanyahu, last time he ran, what did he do? The last time when he ran, when he, he thought he was getting in trouble, he started um, going on TV and publicizing the Arabs are going to take over the Knesset, mm -hmm. warning, uh, uh, remember? Yes. Yeah, that's, you know, that's how we this got more, more Israeli Jews, more Israeli right-wing Jews to go vote for him. We're right. saying the Arabs are coming, the Arabs are coming. So this was, this, 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 yes. this, this was his message, and now Sounds familiar. the new it's message familiar. is let's partner with those who want to expel mm -hmm. the Arabs, the yeah. Kahanists. Right. Right. Well, a as it turns out, Jamal, there is a furthering, and it's hard to talk about this for Bob. I mean, how far to the right can yes. you go in yes. Israeli politics? Yes. You have Benjamin Netanyahu, who is a far-right, ultra-conservative rightist, right. going to the right of himself, his, uh, yes. to the Kahanas. Can I say, I, I think there is, it's uh, to kind of um, also add more things to the context that you both have discussed. I think it's really important to remember that, A, Netanyahu has a lot of scandals, by the way. This is part of He's the He's been indicted, yeah. Why, why April 9th, has, the Israeli elections have been advanced to April 9th? Right. Because he is hoping that the elections will happen before all the findings and the charges of the attorney general come out on his uh, cheating, his lying, his stealing from public funds, right. his corruption, his uh, manipulation of uh, the relationship with Yedaut uh, Ahranot and Israel Hayom. Right. I mean, this is all of this stuff. There is multiple scandals, not even one. It's even if he gets off on one charge, it's the other. It's very interesting because it's, a, it's also a typical Trump 
recipe and we don't know who's learning from whom. It's the same playbook. So whenever they get stuck, they create another crisis or they use, quote unquote, their executive powers. Exactly what Trump is doing. National emergency because he failed to get the Congress to support his racist uh, wall of death. So now he's declaring natural. I mean, and so all, this, all of these things it's are the same completely thing. undemocratic, but they continue doing it. So what Netanyahu he has a crisis himself. Secondly, Israel itself has a crisis. And I think it's really important. It has a crisis. It's unable to justify what it's doing because every single day we're receiving more and more evidence of Israeli colonialism, racism, apartheid, violence against Palestinians. I mean, there is attacks everywhere. At the same time, there is more and more people from around the world who are seeing what's going on. Exactly. And in the U.S., there are more and more people in the U.S. who are seeing this and more and more Jews who are seeing what Israel is doing. So Israel is having very real crisis, not only in terms of what it's doing internationally. It can, there is nothing that can clean up Israel's image. Nothing, nothing. There is nothing. Even the Hasbara campaign. Not even, even this, not even Donald Trump. Not even Donald Trump. Not, they cannot. They, I mean, there is, you, cannot, you cannot cover it. It is so, the stink is so bad yes. that you cannot cover it with whatever you're trying to do. So they keep trying to do it. And even all these things, this is what's happening with Israel. The other thing that I think it's really important important to remember that Israel passed this summer the nation quote unquote nation state law That's right. that basically excludes Palestinians excludes non-Jews from any right to determining what the character of the state is and what Israel is about. So now we are actually having legislation, further legislation, in addition to the laws, the over 55 laws that they have passed, the law of return, the law of all of the repatriation in the, in the 50s and so on since Israel was founded. There is also a new law as if people are confused, if people are confused that this is a colonial, subtle colonial apartheid state, they're saying, well, don't get confused because here's this new law that actually says that Palestinians, indigenous people and non-Jews have no right whatsoever to determine what the character of the state is. That's right. Just in case you're confused, we're telling you what the state is all about. And they passed this law and all of the stuff that they are doing, the previous Israeli government. And now again, we have more evidence. And it's really, really important for everybody to remember that all of these things are connected, that there is, we're having more and more evidence that shows what's going on. So I think, I think when people keep saying this whole myth that pro-Israeli forces keep perpetuating that Israel is a democratic state, Israel can be Jewish and democratic, Israel is the, mo the only one in the oasis, the, the oasis of democracy in the desert of the Arab world and so on. <laughs> I'm sorry, look at the evidence. Right. I'm, not, I'm not even... I'm not saying to people, come and, and, and agree with me. Just go look at the evidence. That's the uh, voice of Professor Rabab Abdulhadi uh, joining us in studio today. So, Rabab, one of Netanyahu's campaign strategies are these huge posters of him standing with Donald Trump, yes. shaking hands, smiling shoulder to shoulder with Donald yes. Trump. Yes. So my question to you is, how psychologically people in the United States, because we have yeah. a strong, it's not a plurality yet, but it's about 45% of the electorate supports Donald Trump. They, they do. And then you have a pretty significant plurality, large numbers of people who are against, let's say, Trump and his policies, mm -hmm. yet remain very pro-Israel. So my question to you is, how is it psychologically that they could separate or are unable to separate, let's say, this kinship between these two policies, yet still remain, mm -hmm. you know, big supporters of Israel, yet have all these, you know, concerns about Donald Trump yes. and his policies. Let me say a couple of things. First is that, um, well, psychologically, I'm not going to get into that <laughs> because that's your area. <laughs> but I can speak about collective psyche. Yeah, collectively, yeah, psyche. collectively. Because it's an interesting thing. It's a schizophrenia. It is. Okay, on the basic level, and I, again, I'm not a psychologist, I'm not a psychiatrist, this is not my expertise, but there is something awfully wrong about people who are trying to say there is a kind of justice for some, but not justice for all, which yes. take us back to the principle that we live by and that right. Ahmed lives by, I live by, we all argue, the indivisibility of justice. There is no way you can say that you are actually against Donald Trump 
and his policies around immigration, around the budget, uh, basically supporting multi-billionaires and greed and not giving taxes to people, uh, the, the, the um, anti-Islamophobia, the uh, racist discourse against uh, blacks, against Ilhan Omar, against, I mean, even yesterday he, he was also insulting Bernie Sanders, against the, right. the immigrants, right. against Muslims, against Arabs, against blacks. I mean, the guy is equal an opportunity racist, and uninformed, this is also part of it, uninformed that he gets his news from Fox and Friends, which we know it is a rabid uh, f uh, site for, for, for uh, ultra-racist white supremacists and so on. So there is this. And at the same time, they want to say they support Israel. So which How is, is that possible? How are they? No, and I'm asking, what, what, when you say you support Israel, what is it that you really are supporting? When people, uh, two, three years ago, I went with a group of people actually from Jewish Voice for Peace and other Arab Americans to meet with Mark Leno, who ah. was a, a state assembly person. And he sat and he said, I love Israel. I said, um, Representative Leno, can I ask you a question? When you say that. What do you mean? Could you explain to yeah, me yeah. what do you mean? Good when question. When you say you love, what Israel do you love? Which Israel? Could you tell me what borders it is? Are you supporting Israel, the people who refuse to serve in the Israeli military and refuse to engage in the in the oppression of Palestinian conscientious objectors? Are you supporting the women and Mahsoum Watch who stand and watch yes. the checkpoints? Are you supporting parents against silence who refuse for their children to continue being in the invasion of Lebanon? Are you supporting people who are asking for peace? Are you supporting for all these young Israelis who go and stand witness when Palestinians are holding popular uh, protests every week in order to protect their land from settlers and attacks? Which Israelis are you? So I would what, like to know. When you say, I support Israel, he said, I love Israel. And he didn't even have an answer. And I'm hoping that he, he would have actually thought about it. So when people say that, I just want you to, because when people say to me, do question. you love Palestine? I said, yes. And they say, what is it that you? I said, I love where I came from, I love the justice-inspired people. I don't love everything in Palestine. I don't love the garbage in Palestine. I don't love uh, the, the, the leadership in Palestine if it's doing something wrong. I don't. It's not about, I'm not about pal everything about Palestine. I'm about justice in for Palestine. That's the thing that we, so we need to be very consistent. And this is the problem is that people are not consistent. So we need to actually expose that. And, and the other thing is, I think it's really, really important is that there is a very, um, almost uh, parallel, I mean, co co conflated on top of each other, coinciding by right-wing agenda that actually brings the supporters of Israel along with everything that's nasty in this country, represented by Sheldon Adelson and company, represented by the Trump administration, represented by people in the Trump They're administration. They're parallel tracks. They're very parallel tracks. And it also represented what, what happening with what's happening in Israel as well. So I think people just need to see they're lining up with each other. And meanwhile, we all are fighting for questions of justice for all, not only justice for us. So there is a very, there is definitely contradictions, not the same policy. But we need yeah. to really mm. confront that, Rabab. Yes, and we are. And because for people to say that they are yeah. against Trump policies and then support and Israel. then say, I love yes. Israel. Yes. Well, it's not it's not enough. Yes. Uh, anyway, I, I want to switch gears because we need to talk about a lot of issues. Yes. And again, reminding our listeners, this is Arab Talk on KPOO San Francisco, 89.5 FM. In the studio with us is Dr. Rabab Abdelhadi, the director of Ahmed Studies and professor, and professor at San Francisco State University. So something also, you know, we're talking about Trump. We're talking also, you can't think about talking, uh, talk about racism in Israel without thinking about white supremacy in the United That's States. Right, yes. And so past 48 hours but or less than four, let me finish just past just 48 careful, hours. Jamal, be careful. Last 48 hours, you know, we, I'm watching TV and it's actually, it's, it's not a huge story. So now what we're watching, you know, last this this week, right? Yeah, yes, it's just this week. Is a, I think it's a big story, which is a U.S. Coast Guard lieutenant, and he's a self-proclaimed white nationalist. Skinhead. This is the new. No, he says he's you a skinhead. But he's a white supremacist. He has a, a huge arsenal of weapons, mm -hmm. thousands of rounds of ammunition, plans and plots to kill journalists. To kill also Politici critics, politicians. critics, uh, politicians, and other, you know, uh, who are critics of Trump, Trump and the whole MAGA movement. And I have to say, this story comes in and out, 
in bit, tid, tidbits, there is no major outcry. It doesn't become the, the story. You know, it is not no. the story. And the guy, of course, did not jump over the border yes. Mexico. from Mexico. Yeah. He did not travel in a caravan to come into this He's country. Born and raised in this country. He is not part of the Middle Eastern threat traveling within that caravan. And so yesterday I was going crazy. I was like flipping between CNN, MSNBC. MSNBC had more uh, coverage. Not really, Jamal. Uh, uh, Not than, really. Then Fox, total, total and utter silence. A little bit of coverage on CNN. The rest is about, you know, uh, Stone and the trial and the accusations. But this is a huge story. This is a member of the armed forces. This is someone who is kind of like uh, has a whole, you know, cachet of weapons. Yeah, but with a plan. And he a had plan plans. To kill and he had plans targeting with names. He left. Be, he has. Um, by the way, I should mention uh, the, his name. His name is. Um, uh, Christopher Paul Hasson, which, by the way, on Fox News, they were saying Hassan. Oh, my. I am not kidding. <laughs> then I listened to it, and another reporter on <laughs> CNN, who, uh, who is uh, actually Don Lemon, initially started saying, oh, Christopher Hassan, and his name is Hasson. So when you hear Hassan, you start thinking of Arabs and Muslims and whatever. It's Timothy then, McVeigh. It's then, Timothy McVeigh. Then he, corrected, then he corrected himself, right? You know, initially. I couldn't be, I had, you know, I had to rewind to listen, to see, yeah. did he say and Hassan? Sure that, yeah. And he did say Hassan, yeah. Yeah. you know. But anyway, this is a huge story. This is part and parcel of all these, you know, the mailers, the bombs, the pipe bombs, etc. And the media is dormant. Imagine if he wasn't a Hassan. This is my question. Had oh. his name was a Hassan and not a Hassan, how would the media have not reacted? Not only the media. I want to, uh, um, this past uh, Tuesday was the 40th anniversary of the Day of Remembrance. Oh, that's right. Of the executive order, of the of the commemoration of the executive order, which is now 76 years old, 1942. Uh, the, the executive order issued by President uh, Roosevelt right. in 1942 to actually round up all Japanese people, all Japanese uh, people of Japanese descent, and place them in concentration camp, in incarceration camps. There were 10 official recognizable camps, and as according to my friends and uh, sisters and brothers in the community, uh, there were uh, 50 other camps that were set up and so on, but these are the most recognizable, and hold them as hostages and construct them as enemy alien. And on Tuesday, on Sunday, there was the big uh, commemoration in San Francisco. On Tuesday, actually, we did our own at San Francisco State in collaboration with Asian American Studies. And we had people who've been working with for a long time, that, like Pastor Michael Yoshi, right. Grace Shimizu, whose family was actually renditioned from Peru. This is the, the Japanese in Latin wow. America, rendition and brought and also placed here in the U.S. And they were never part of the readers. They were actually not part of the apology and the readers. And so and they're continuing to uh, demand their rights against the U.S. government. And we also have Zahra Billo from the Council on American-Islamic Relations. We had a lot of students. Uh, the, the very well-known saxophonist Francis Wong was with us. And wow. we were basically talking about what this means. What this means was something like so. Let's say you're asking me if it was Hassan. That's my question. I was going to write an article. And I want to remind you that when they used to say Barack Obama, they never say Barack. They say Barack Hussein. Barack Hussein Obama, right? Okay. (laughs) So I was going to write an article called Hassan or Hassan. Yeah, Doug Whistles that basically points to this that keeps keeps bringing these issues up about what's going on and how what what sort of uh, hysteria what's about the public well I'm to, actually hysteria is not a good word that's that's an anti-feminist word but what sort of you know public outcry or something people how could people get mobilized right into the politics of hate and the politics of fear and they start singling out communities and targeting them which we've seen that in in the second world war we've seen that within post 9 11 2001 we've seen it multiple times it continues getting repeated and people have short memories this is what happened with timothy mcveigh with That's the Oklahoma right. city bombing it happens all the time and it's always and the thing is is that 
they don't even when they let's say they say Hassan, right? All they say Timothy McVeigh. I mean, the, the Secretary of State at the time. I think it was uh, Baker. At James the time, Baker. Who I think it was James Baker, if I'm not mistaken, was uh, said that it was Middle Eastern. I mean, it was at the same. Yeah, time. yeah. They were and looking for people. But then they did not come afterwards. They a first of all they did not call them terrorists, right? But they then didn't. they also did not come back and say we apologize. And it's very, I would just say, I w let me just bring it to the local level because this is a very similar story what's happening with San Francisco State University yes. and where we're at. We're going we're gonna to talk about this. So can I just make a little, little connection? So back in, uh, in October, we discovered that there was a student in my class who was a declared Nazi who has a big swastika uh, stenciled on his chest who had all this hate uh, weapons, uh, pictures of weapons on his Instagram and his Facebook page, his social media, that he was calling for the death of Syrian refugees, calling women the C word, calling Arabs and Muslims the S sand N word, uh, saying that uh, slavery actually really didn't happen. So only 4% basically blacks were really happy with the slavery. He has Heil Hitler. He has <laughs> things against Jews. I mean, equal, I mean, really the same racist agenda. And the students found out about it. We talked about it before, but I want to connect it to what, what happening because these things continue going on and we alerted the university the universe did not do anything about it what they, they didn't did is they, no they did not do anything to protect us what they did is they counseled the student they counseled him if he needs protection yeah if, if he need needs protection. protection yes 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 and, they want to respect uh, his first and basically amendment what happened is uh, this is weaponizing free speech for right-wing and hate agenda for for uh, the violence agenda and i what i had to do is i had to cancel all my open classrooms where we were bringing people from the community just like tuesday bring people from the community maybe scholars. that was the intention Possibly, but the universe did not do anything and people who actually claim to be concerned about it did not do anything And I had at the time pointed to the university that this is a real threat And we needed to remember what happened in North Carolina when right. Stephen Hicks also there was all this violent um, um, uh, Violent postings on his social media. That's right And then people kept saying oh, it's not really a big deal It's not a big deal and so on and actually the first reporting of it said that this was a dispute when he went and killed the young two Palestinian women and a Syrian young man students. They said it was a parking he dispute. Shot, he shot them point blank. He assassinated them. Yeah. And they said it was a parking. It wasn't even that day. It wasn't even that. He went out of his house, took his gun, went, went to into their, their house, shot them, shot them in their house, point blank, assassinated them, point blank. And the reports, and I have the New York Times reports at the time, that the people, the authorities in, in, in uh, North Carolina were saying that this is a dispute over. We do not even know if it's a hate crime and so on. So I pointed that to the university. And they said, no, if it's potential threat, only if there is potential threat. And then they said that a week later, two weeks later, the Pittsburgh massacre happened against right. Jewish worshippers in the synagogue, the Tree of Life. That still did not uh, create anything. That, no. Again, the university did not do anything, did not take responsibility. Today, we're also faced with another, you're talking about taking responsibility and actually backing off. The same thing is happening with the religious holidays that we, I don't know if we, I don't remember we, if we We did talk about, about it last time. Right? The whole, uh, the, the provost uh, The state of Israel birthday. Israel, Israel, is a, Israel Independence Day, quote, is a religious unquote, is a, holiday. Is a holiday for Judaism. What's the latest and missing on that? Out, missing out, I'll say in a minute, missing out Eid al-Fitr uh, al and Ramadan. So after a whole week and after past Dean Montero basically confronted the provost and she deflected it and also tried to pass it on to a staff member. Right. As usual, it's always a staff member. It's always somebody who cannot really, uh, you know, they take responsibility. That's what people do. Actually, this is also what people sometimes they're coercing to do it. Sometimes they step up and do it because they want to take responsibility because they're honest and straightforward people. And then she didn't take responsibility as one of the people at the helm of this institution. The president did not resp responsibility. Instead, they have been trying. I mean, I've been I've been dealing with so many co uh, coercion and harassment this past week. It's 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 gotten beyond because we went on Tuesday to the Senate to to faculty right. was Senate and we demanded that the Senate hold the provost accountable, hold the administration accountable because if a mistake happens on your watch, let's say it's an honest mistake. Let's say no, I don't think. I, I think on the part of the staff person, it was an honest mistake. I think it does reflect, though, the institutional immediate Islamophobia, 
pro-Zionist, the fact that they are so alerted to Zionist viewpoint, to Israeli viewpoint and so on, and they do not pay attention to us, the fact that they not even consult with us, they want to put a religious calendar, No, they not, don't ask us, they don't ask leaders of the Arab and Muslim community, they don't ask leaders of the Jewish community except the ones who are supporting Israel, they do not even recognize the people who are constantly on campus from Jewish Voice for Peace, they don't consult with the students who are from Jews against Zionism, they don't consult with our colleagues at Zaytuna College, there is a whole, there is so many mosques, so, there is so, so many he, places. So here is the issue, yeah. there is a systematic, apparently there is a systematic either from, you're talking whether it's the government or yes. in academia, mm-hmm. looking institutional, institutional structural and looking at Muslims and Arabs as invisible people. When it comes, disposable. I think it's disposable and invisible. Mm -hmm. But also, and I want to take us back. We're only invisible. We're only about our rights. When when there is when when there is crimes over issue, we become very visible. Become very visible. So so uh, taking us back to this uh, Hassan guy, you know, the writing is on the wall. He's a white supremacist. He's an armed white supremacist. And I have to say, I was like looking at his mani- manifesto, you know, this guy. He's like reading and researching, writing this manifesto, gathering weapons, ammunition, other supplies, uh, with basically to carry an attack in the United States. And he wanted his, his idol. You know who, who, who was his mm-hmm. idol? Brevik. Oh, okay. And there's and there's Prevek, and there's Prevek. This is his idol, mm-hmm. the, the Norwegian killer who killed 77 people in in 2011 right. attack. Exactly. Right, 59 So he children. had this whole plan, and then this guy, kind of like, the threat is like you know we're still analyzing like why did this happen. Did he, you know, he served yeah, in the give military. give it a couple of days, it will fade there, from the news. There are, the and yes. it's going to fade away from yes. the news. But then when it comes to anything, it has to do... No, and also, just mind you, just add a footnote to the various murders and all the shootings that have been happening in schools, that have been happening everywhere, in theaters, in malls, everywhere. So it's not, so we're not out, it's not a hypothetical. It's right. actually a real thing that we've been going on, that the, the norm of the day, the business as usual, is shootings. Because also they're not going to take, I mean, we also need to remember that the NRA, the gun lobby, is also quite strong. Of course. And this is what the government is collaborating with, too. That's the voice of uh, Professor Rabab Abdelhadi. This is Arab Talk on KPOO San Francisco, 89.5 FM. You're listening to us live on 89.5. You're listening, you're, we're streaming live on uh, Facebook, Jamal Dejani 2. Um, we'll be on YouTube, iTunes. YouTube. We'll get to all of that at the end. But the one thing that I wanted to say that I found was quite disturbing about this, whenever there's um, an arrest for any kind of terrorism, including domestic terrorism, what typically happens is that the Department of Justice has a press conference. They put out a press statement. They make a big deal of it because part of their goal and part of their mission is to to keep the public safe. No press conference, no press release, no big announcement that they've combated domestic terrorism. So no concern, no concern from no the head of civil rights, Kenneth Marcus, right. who is supposed to look at hate crimes, at violations of civil rights and so on, because his only concern is to prosecute cases that have already failed, been closed against advocates for justice and for Palestine on campuses. Exactly. That's his agenda. So all of everything else, but it also fits. It goes back to your earlier question, Jess, that it fits. This is an agenda that all comes together. It is. The pro-Israeli agenda and the right-wing white supremacist agenda. Let's not forget Richard Spencer, after Charlottesville, said, I'm a white Zionist. Let's forget, let's not forget Yair Netanyahu, the son of Israeli Prime Minister right. said, "Actually, oh, the only threat the, Jew- the Jews have, which is which comes from Antifa and the left. I don't feel that the right, white supremacists are actually a threat to us. He should have been yeah. in Charlottesville. But he commented after Charlottesville. <laughs> this know, was after I Charlottesville. Know. So uh, this is when we, I think it's really important to also shift the discourse yes. in the way that yes. we. It is not really a contradiction. I don't think it's a contradiction. I think it's a. It, I think people." 
who are continue to support Israel and continue to, to to oppose the policies of hate, of exclusion, of xenophobia, really need to wake up. They need to wake up and they need to face the music. We we are at harmony with our politics, with ourselves, with the support of the communities who, to whom we're accountable. These people really need to stand up and say, actually, what you are doing when you're supporting Israel, when you are claiming that Israel represents all Jews, you're involved in nothing but advancing anti-Semitism. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, Rabab, I think that's a very good point. We we live in harmony because we believe in the indivisibility of justice. justice. Exactly. But when you have to divide justice, it's a very uncomfortable psychological state. It's no longer state. justice. It's no, no, I don't know what it is. I want to. I want to. I don't know what it is. I want to take us to special the special interest justice. The local justice, which is at San Francisco State University. Yes, thank you. Yeah, we should talk about because that. we started talking last week. We had always we have so many topics, and every time we cover the court case, the lawfare, and the win against the lawfare project. But that tax never ceases. Yes, that tax continues, and they get they worse. And then worse. there is always a new thing, and it's kind of like, oh, it's, excuse me, this is a mistake. And I want to just remind our listeners what we're talking about, right? So. The last week, Sam, we, last you know, Saturday, last sat Saturdays before, two weeks ago, you yeah. know, I discovered you yeah. discovered that yeah. San Francisco State University listed Israel's Independence Day as a religious holiday for, for Judaism. Judaism. Yeah, you know, uh, and to add insult to injury, the same San Francisco State University calendar of religious observances omitted Ramadan. And we're talking about, by the way, about the month of May and June. Mm -hmm. So, the you know, this is the calendar. Yeah, it's the calendar year for so, academic yes. calendar. So they, yeah. to add insult to injury, they omitted Ramadan, Eid al-Fitr, two major holidays celebrated by almost two billion people across the globe. But yet they put Israel Independence, Israel Independence Day yes. as a religious holiday, which is uh, a big Number one, uh, number Which is one. not even considered a religious holiday in Israel. It's not a religious holiday no, in Israel. No, it's not. And it's, it's also an added insult to injury to people who care for justice, to Palestinians, to, to children, Jews. to refugees. You know, this is uh, basically commemorating Al-Nakba when, when 750,000 uh, 50,000 Palestinians were made refugees overnight, right? So uh, I'm just summarizing here. You could jump in any time. San Francisco State University brought you their attention, and then they said, oh, it was a mistake, and... They didn't what even happened? say publicly it was a no, mistake. No, it's still it's still not been described no, no, as a mistake. No. Yet. So where were did at? They, did where they, are did, we at? Yeah, now? Did, let me ask you, Rabab, two questions. Have they taken it off the calendar yet? We don't know. And are they going to add Ramadan and Eid al-Fitr? They added Ramadan and Eid al-Fitr. Okay, so let me say the provost who is actually the person in the spotlight, but I believe the whole administration is responsible because Absolutely. something like this and the cabinet is small. It's not really big because anyway, we can talk about the administration of Francisco State another time. But uh, uh, the, the provost who is who's the one whose office issued the religious holidays. She did two things. One is she said that she was actually implementing Senate policy, hiding behind that. She's, I'm just implementing Senate policy. But what, se what Senate okay. policy? Senate policy is true, that we have a policy from this faculty Senate that we as faculty have and should recognize students' religious observances okay. in order for us to allow the students that's to okay. be able to... Which that's is okay. Not okay, that's great. That's wonderful. Yeah. By the way, complaining. not all the holidays are on this list. It's not only the, the Muslim, there's not only the insult to Muslims, Arabs, Palestinians, and Jews. There is a lot of things that are missing from it. But I didn't really have the time to sit down and research all of it. So this is the policy which is supposed to actually make students at San Francisco State feel included, feel that their religion is protected, that their oh. beliefs are respected, and so which is a great policy. It's a great policy, and it has great. So she uses that. So I was implementing the policy. Yes, but you use that policy. To do two things: one, to insult further, and two, and two, to actually pass off a pro-Israeli positions exactly. that you have been as a, as a, so. There is a, several problems with it. Let me just talk about the provost. The provost is a scholar of the Crusades. This is her. Oh, her, I, her I, I, didn't, I didn't know that. Shouldn't she know? A little bit if about she is Islam. learning about the Crusades. <laughs> that the Crusaders are the people who were trying to displace Muslims from Jerusalem. I mean. 
Hello. It's elementary. Okay. But there is another problem that historically, until two years ago or three years ago, I stopped. I used to tell San Francisco State during Ramadan, why don't you just reach out to the Muslim community? Why don't you go visit a mosque? Why don't you send some kind of a greeting? I know that the holidays over the, the New Year is supposed to be secular holiday, mm -hmm. but it just so coincides with Christmas mostly, and they add a little bit sometimes Hanukkah. They'll add Kwanzaa, but it's really about this. And we also take off during Thanksgiving, which is the celebration of settler colonialism in this country and the attack against the genocide against indigenous people. They also celebrate Memorial Day, which is for the armed forces, and they celebrate July 4th, which is the declaration of independence of the United States of America, From which is similar yeah. to Israel Independence Day. Okay. So I have been telling them, reach out to the community. Nobody, no administration had ever done it. At some point, I stopped doing it because they were they not They never listening. do it. There is, has never been a top administration who attended the Muslim Student Association and Muslim Women Student Association fastathon. They, they do once during Ramadan or after Ramadan. Students, they call for fasting. So people who are non-Muslims fast in solidarity. And then they have this iftar together. And not a single time. So the administration never held a, a, a Ramadan iftar? And of course not. I mean, I, I, I've been no. invited... Uh, we were invited to several iftars at uh, UC Berkeley. Yeah, UC yeah, Berkeley. but that's you, yeah. And UCSF. No, no. It's not. No, at no, Stanford. No Ramadan. They don't even know when it's happening. I so have th to say. So this is what I'm saying. No, Muslims what, are what invisible what I'm saying. at San Francisco State University. But it's bigger. convenient. It's, it's even convenient. bigger. It's yeah. not. It's even bigger than that. Invisibility is one thing. It's actually, this is a structural case structural. of Islamophobia and racism. It is not. It is not benign neglect. You can never claim it's benign neglect. Eh, 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 so it's intentional. Because I mean, because if it's not neglect, because if you neglect, it's it's a historical studies of racism says that if you are not acknowledging something, you're actually perpetuating it. Number one. Secondly, we have a program called since 2007 called Arab and Muslim Ethnicity and Diasporas that came as a result of the university's insensitivity and bias against Arabs, Muslims, and Palestinians, historically, but specifically got worse in 2002, right? We have, we have multiple examples of this again and again. And we are speaking all the time. We're always doing events. I actually used to make it my business to always contact the administration and make suggestions again and again and again. And as you know now, I'm suing the university because I had no other choice but to sue the university because to hold them accountable. I do not believe this is the best time of our use, a time and our resources. We should actually be getting into the business of teaching, scholarship. This is what we should be doing. But they need to be held accountable. They need to start thinking either they do the right thing on their own or we make them do the right thing by holding them accountable. So historically, San Francisco State has insisted in its Islamophobia. Historically, whenever there were issues, SFSU has never run and issued a statement right away as they do whenever anybody who is pro-Israel complains, they jump false charges. When even there are false charges, when I was accused by Amcha Initiative, myself, Ahmed, and Palestinian students of glorifying the murder of Jews, San Francisco State President Wang the next day issued a statement condemning anti-Semitism, even though we were trying to say, let's find out what happened. We, this is, we don't know if this exactly. is that. Even when President Wong hired an investigator to investigate the protest against Nir Barakat in spring 2016, and he hired an investigator, the investigator came out and said, independent investigator, hired by the university. There was no anti-Semitism. There was nothing against the Jews. There was no violence. This was specifically directed against Nir Barakat, who's a racist, violent, uh, very right-wing Israeli politician who is probably vying for the position with Netanyahu, who actually came to actually say that Jerusalem is inclusive and tolerant. We know it is nothing but, I mean, Jamal also is a, is a, is a, is a Jerusalemite, but we have all the evidence of that. And the investigator came out and said there is no violence and so on. San Francisco State President in 2017, when Lawfare sued us, sued me, the university, CSU, and several administrators, came out and said that this is an evidence of anti-Semitism. You are contradicting the own position. So I am not talking about only ignorance. I'm not talking only about invisibility. Not I am not ignorance. talking about quote-unquote benign neglect. I am talking about a concentrated, premeditated, and determined intentional policy of racism 
of discrimination, of Islamophobia, of pro-Israeli bias, bias, which is actually abuse and misuse of the office of administrators, hiding behind a mistake of a staff person and letting a staff person, a person of color, take responsibility, as they do all the time, by the way. Right. They always let the staff person take the fall and so on. And the staff person cannot do anything because they lose the job right. if they would do it. At, at, and so it is kind of like you really, if you make, if you somebody on your staff makes a mistake, you eat it. You're the one who's in charge. You're responsible. Absolutely. Not only they didn't eat it, but they persist. So the provost on Monday, because I had emailed the, the, the faculty senate chair, and I said, we would like to come and make a public comment, because they're not refusing to listen. So we're going to have to hold accountable one way or the other. The union is issuing a statement, oh, the good. faculty union. The students are really, really offended. We have a protest last Tuesday nice. at the university administration. We, we informed everybody why it is. And so on Monday, and we were in the p- p- process of issuing a statement. Then, <laughs> then Provost Provost Summit puts a small email saying, "Oh, this is a new, this is correction, correction." The title, correction, religious holidays. So people will think it's a usual business as usual. Most people don't even read a lot of this I stuff. Know. She says in it, it it was came to my image, uh, attention that two holidays were omitted: Ramadan and Eid al-Fitr. And actually, she even put them wrong, because we do know that Ramadan and Eid al-Fitr and all the Muslim holidays actually require moon sighting. That's right. They don't happen on the exact date anyway, because you have to sight the moon. Everybody knows, everybody who lives in any Muslim or Arab related, very even distant community knows that you never know when the Eid is. You never well, know when the Ramadan is. From, uh, so from she put We do not know where even <laughs> listen, the new calendar came. But listen. But, but hold on a minute. But I had asked, when I asked email, wrote to the Provost, I said... Have you okay, talked to anybody in our community? We have limited time. I want to have yeah, Jess to come in because I have another topic okay. quickly. We, so listen, Rabab. We haven't finished this topic. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't have uh, But we will because we'll, we'll follow. But yeah. Rabab, yeah. the next topic that I want to bring up briefly is kind of all related because we know that the Trump administration had tried to uh, initiate a, an unconstitutional ban on Muslims. And yeah. we've been following well, that. It, it passed with the Supreme Court. That is a ban. Exactly. But it's not a Muslim ban. But, per se, they were In able all to... all practical purposes. It is a Muslim ban. Yeah. Unless you're from Venezuela, too. Um, but there is a new constitutional challenge. You mm-hmm. heard about this American citizen, uh, this uh, Yemeni-American mm-hmm. who went to Syria, who joined ISIS... Who father, uh, mother, you know, gave birth to a to a child, wanting to come home to the United States mm-hmm. as an American citizen to face the American justice system. Yeah. The president of the United States has decided that she is forbidden to come back yes. and exercise her constitutional rights. Of course. What I want to put out for for you and for Jamal and myself to kind of think about: this is going to be a huge yes. test case. Yes. To take away uh, um, birthright citizenship, citizenship yes. privileges, and rights, yes. uh, in, in you know, for, this has never happened in this country before. It's called she, fascism. It's I I I yes. think fascism is being too polite. Okay. But this case yeah. is for sure going to go to the United States Supreme Court. Uh, for our listeners who don't know that, there is an American citizen. Uh, she was born in this country. She was born in Alabama. She did go to Syria. Uh, she, you know, gave birth to a child. She joined ISIS. She has, you know, come back and said, I apologize. I did this horrible thing. I, and this is almost a direct quote. I want to come back to my country to face justice because I made a mistake. The President of the United States has said no. She is you not. Can't pr- face justice. You, you can't face you're justice. You're denied to face justice. You're denied. And then other people escape justice. Exactly. That's, that's, that's exactly the my point. the President of the United States himself. Exactly. So the people at San Francisco State are taking their cue from him. Well, that's kind of my mm-hmm. point, Rabab, that in my mind, this presents one of the greatest constitutional challenges of our, of our lifetime. There is also the whole attack on the BDS that, and the that, ways in which. But it's all, it it all, it's all it's connected, all which, is, which is a segue to the final topic. For the I last, have, last I few have minutes. to add it. 
this doesn't happen in, uh, in a vacuum. Right. We know now, as far as San Francisco State University, as far as this whole area, that the Jewish Community Federation of San Francisco yes. has invested $300 million. Yes. This that is we from, know of. This is that we know of from their tax returns, funding, AMCHA, funding, Canary Campus Mission. Watch, funding, Sending Canary Watch. Sending money from Jewish Sending, Defense League, you know, yeah. two right-wing causes exactly. here too. Exactly. Yes. But now, and, and this and is, for, and this is yeah. for the next show, we're going to talk about this, Jess. This is not it. So now there is a new discovery. Yes. What's the discovery? Which I forwarded yes. to everyone. Yes, yes. A new discovery, the Jess. It's yeah. not, forget about $300 million. This is mm-hmm. peanuts, right? This is the kind of the tip of the iceberg. Yes. Several charitable organizations, several charitable including funds, Fidelity, including the Schwab, largest charity yeah. in the United States, they are helping all to raise money and, to head gro- and fund head groups. They've raised millions of dollars by giving their donors a way to keep their identity secret. Anonymous. While at the same you time, while at the same time, I know. claiming da- tax deductions, donors trust. Fidelity Charitable Gift Fund, Schwab Charitable Fund, and Vanguard Charitable are donor-advised funds that provide individual donors with accounts and contribute their money attributed to the funds to dumb profits of their choice. And the Goldman Sachs is going to be so, next because s- the reporter s- hasn't finished So these, yeah. these kinds of funds, right, just allow you to keep your identity Private. Private. You get the tax But deduction. then you get to save on taxes, right? So and fund hate. S- right? So now, just this is, this is just a discovery from the mid-2014 mid through 2017. Those, uh, these four donor funds, have, we know that they have channeled nearly $11 million to 34 groups that the Southern Poverty Law Center consider to be hate groups. Yes. And... I'll name a few of them. We're going to have to follow them. Them. You, you know, yeah. yes. David Horowitz Freedom Center received the top. $1.6 No, from they received three, $3 million. Mm-hmm. Frank Gaffney Center yes. for Security Policy, $1.6 uh, million. Totally. Anti-LGBT organizations such, such as Alliance Defending Freedom, $2.7 right, right, million. Right. Dollars. And the Family Research Pamela Council. Geller. Pamela Geller. Pamela Geller, yeah. Well, there's a whole list. I'm giving, I'm right. giving you the yeah. top. Right. Names, because we're running out of time. There are thirty-eight, well, we'll be uh, thirty-one head groups from two thousand fifteen to two thousand seventeen, and you know, it's a full circle. This is the crazy thing yes. about it. Yes. All these organizations and head groups are all connected, and they're getting money tax deduction for hate. tax deductions. Well, there are a couple hate. of issues. One we have is only that 30 seconds. The, foundation, so. the, the Jewish minutes. Foundation of uh, San Francisco is very much connected with San Francisco State University in multiple ways. We don't have time to talk about it. We can talk about it some more next time. Secondly, I, if I'm not mistaken, Fidelity, Fidelity Charitable is connected to Fidelity Insurance, yeah. which runs all CSU pension. Pension. That's where we have our 401k. I know. So this is this is very clear connection with that. That's something that has to be taken up by the state, by this uh, public institution. Rabab, we want to thank you as always you. for joining us today. You, you know, it's always a pleasure and an honor to have you here. You it's know that. Pleasure for me to be. And here. Uh, we may have to have you remotely yes. for a few months. You know happy. that. Yes, but yes. so we may be yes. calling in or doing Skype with I'm you so that we can. That. But we are we are very thankful that you're with us. Thank We're you for having me. coming to another end of Arab Talk on KPOO San Francisco, eighty nine point five FM. Jamal, where can our listeners find us? Well, just go to our website arabtalkradio.com. And subscribe for free to your favorite streaming service, iTunes, SoundCloud. Of course, you can watch us Facebook. live Facebook. right on my page, facebook.com slash Jamal Dejani 2. Thank you so much. We'll see you next week. Thank you.